Hello, welcome to the Kevin Local Sorry, I could because the intro and the image too. I'll be honest. Me and John Blaine here to chat with uh, people who call us on our premier members. Uh, John, obviously, the MSP stuff rolling, rolling on. I can still hear stuff. Why can't I just hear intros and everything? That wasn't the greatest start, was it? Um, the MSP stuff rolls on because I think everyone was hoping when the season finished it'd just be resignations the next day, new board in, MSP and Amstead taking That's over. That's how things work, is it? Well, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. Um, but there won't be any kind of official announcements until it's Done. until there's something to, to yeah, announce, yeah. will there? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Um, and mischievous as, as ever, then, um, you know, for all we know, it is done. It just hasn't been announced yet. Sorry, this has been the worst start, not from you, there's been a worst start ever. I keep getting things in my ears. It's you, isn't it? I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, Three but, times I've heard the intro. Yeah, but for the avoidance of doubt, I'm getting it as well, but you wouldn't know yeah. because I'm calm. Well, you've done all right, but I'm just thinking, is it my laptop singing? But it's no, it's no. <laughs> you keep pressing a button. I am, keep going. Is, is it that? <laughs> just think, yeah. you know, those guys on uh, mainstream TV have this all the time. Mm. You won't hear anything in your right ear. No, because I've just took it out because it's annoying me. Yeah. Um, it's all but good. yeah, I mean, these things are, you know, they take time. Mm. Mm. Um, you, you might not think it based on how much money uh, Farhad Mashiri's poured into Everton, but £100 million is still a lot of money, you know, and everything has to be just right. Yeah, true. Do you, I mean, there's, listen, there's been, there will always be. A, a time when there's some information's out and the thing actually concludes. And in that interim period, things get battered back and yeah. forward all over yeah. the place. Obviously, with with uh, social media now, people can say whatever and, mm. and some people believe it and some won't. And there'll be people who have got a bit of insight and they put it in and things all get sloshed about and, and you get different viewpoints and there's more nervous people than other people and so you've, there's a lot of stuff that's going back and forth and, and journalists who not necessarily business journalists sports journalists that are putting their opinion on it as well but do you think when it all washes out MSP will make this more on the investment buying inside rather than the loan which is which is kind of what's being put out there just right now Sorry, you mean when it's announced? Not when it's announced, but just as it progresses. Um, or is this merely just a loan? Because that's what some journalists have reported. Well, because of the stuff that appeared at Cumley's house, with it, which is Andy Bell and his wife's business, you know, and clearly that was some cash flow, right? Yeah. Um, but I would expect a proper statement because not the absolute details of the deal. Yeah, think, yeah. You know, pounds, shillings and pence stuff, but the broad brush of it of what it is. And and clearly someone somewhere has briefed a journalist somewhere, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then w what is always amusing about the way these things work is that, you know, journalist A says something, B quotes A, C quotes B, mm -hmm. D quotes A, mm -hmm. and and... You know, if it's not official because you haven't had it. It's like back players, isn't it, you know? Mm. But unless it's official, official, i.e. it comes out from the football club, then a lot of it is just opinion. Yeah. Informed opinion, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't get up, head up about it. I can't impact it. I ain't going to... Me worrying about it 
isn't going to make happen any more quickly. Mm. Um, but when the statement comes, if we treat it as when, not if, yeah. then it needs to, to say what it is because, it, you know, if they, if they make, if they have a creative use of the word investment, mm. but it's actually a sum of money that is going to get some interest going back to MSP, then that's a loan. But if it's got some conversion later yeah. uh, into equity, which let's not forget, that's fundamentally what Fahad Mashiri has done in recent years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fundamentally loaned money to the football club with no predetermined repayment time or any interest. And then it, it gets turned into equity later anyway. I mean, in a formal sense of, of you know, a, a share placement or something. Um, but I think the insatiable desire of Everton fans to know what's happening mm. in detail today isn't going to get satisfied because this thing will go at the right pace. Mm. Um, and that, of course, gives us all an opportunity to, to be concerned. Yeah. What if, you know? Uh, and we talked earlier about until those wet signatures or or proper digital signatures are on proper documents <laughs> and therefore both parties know, quote, it's done, then you're not going to get anything official, are you? So just chill, people. Mm. Enjoy the sun. Weather's <laughs> nice. Um, there's no games being played by us just yet. Yeah, it's a threat. Transfers um, inbound may wait until ownership type things are resolved but mm. outgoings will just happen through the passage of time mm. you know the tom davises of this world will be out of contract in mm. three weeks or something and whilst we won't know necessarily where he's gone or going we'll know he's gone won't we mm. or you stay in the contract you know? yeah. yeah absolutely yeah so yeah so we'll i'm sure luke's got a view anyway yeah we'll go over to the the line and our first caller is luke on this lovely day outside now it's gone nice and sunny uh luke hello are you there hello hello luke can you hear me boss yeah can hear you mate what do you want to can say you not hear me? oh there you go uh, well this is it's about it's a few weeks late this point to be honest with you because um I've been a bit late at the show a couple of times, but um, there's one thing I can't move past, and it's a shame we can't get pets to be honest, because it'd be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not like die, die child or anything, but honest to God, mate, he can't recover from from right, Michael Keane at right back for me. <laughs> I went berserk when when I saw Michael Keane at right back. I absolutely flipped me lid. I just. <laughs> Is this at Wolves? Yeah. 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 But, but Michael Keane... I, I generally, I, I think, I think I... Sorry, mate. No, go on, go on, finish your point. I, I, I genuinely think I'd this to be a fullback in the entire life. Okay, right. Let's, let's address it slightly then. Michael Keane, not everyone's cup of tea. I think that's the nicest way of saying it. Um, that day... Obviously, we lost Nathan Patterson after half an hour. And the option was Mason Holgate or Michael Keane to come on. It was, it was either or, wasn't it, really? Um, and he put Keane on a full-back. Yeah, he he's, probably wasn't Sean Dyke's greatest decision, that one. But what he would say is he put Keane on and Keane came up with a big assist in, in the 99th minute. Albeit, not, not from right back. No, though. no, albeit when he was playing up front. Um but yeah, listen, I think I get it. I get the concern, but I also look and think at that stage, everything was going against them as well. He'd lost the centre forward on his right 
right back, didn't mm. he, in that game and he was just we just ended that game with players. I think he basically. lost his head as well. Well he probably did, but I think we ended that game with players playing anywhere they wanted because it was just such a mismatch. But we got out with a point and what would you have done, Luke? Yeah. Would you put Holgate on there? Well, I think Gar- was Garner available? He was, wasn't he? Oh, he was, play- he was James, playing. James and he- yeah, he was playing when he eventually yeah, went. He went up. over there. I-, I think I think right back or full back such an easy. Oh, he said it's not now in the modern game, but it's not hard mm. to do a job of full back, is it? You could move anyone there. Tom Davis has done it. I think Garner would have been the um, the ideal ideal move, but anyone but Michael Keane. Like I said, like I genuinely would rather have him in any other position because he turns like the eighty-two. It's like it's it's bizarre. I've just never seen, I've never seen a worse decision on a football pitch. To be honest with him, putting him at right back, I just that's one that I'll never be able to understand mm. ever. But we we didn't get relegated, um, so you can put it. You can consign that to the. You need to consign that to the bin now and just go. That was a shocker. I'll I'll give him that one because we survived. Keep it on a short leash and see what happens. If he if he starts the season at right back, then yeah, we've got we'll have some big big questions. My gripes with Dyche are not not keen on this. Keen didn't put himself on it right. No, back. no, no. Listen, managers react in all different ways, won't they? I mean, John, what, what's your opinion mm. on it? It's in the past. I don't give a damn. Mm. Out <laughs> short and succinct. Really, you know, it's yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, I, that's why I said, um, you know, did if you asked the manager, would he said yes? I brought Michael Keane on to play right back, or would he say I brought Michael Keane on because I trust him and we need to be able to defend? Is it because a right back went off? Well, we've decided well, he put him on as a right back. Well, he was up. He was up the pitch when they broke, yeah. wasn't he? He wasn't in position yeah. when they broke and scored, so he was on at right back. Yeah. But listen, I think managers just make this. You know, was that any worse than playing Mason Holgate at left back against City? But at the time, he had no. Mm. You know, he yeah. had no. You know what I mean? I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm not having a go at Sean Dyke, and I'm not like fully defending him. What I'm saying is, in that moment. Players were dropping like flies, weren't they? And he was having to... But like, Luke might be right. He just lost it for a bit. Yeah. And, uh, and felt he had to make a sub and he called it. Mm-hmm. He might have regretted it the second yeah, he said yeah. it, mightn't he? But it's too late. He's making the heat of the moment, don't yeah. he? And, uh, we'll and, and that then we'll becomes see. an insightful thing, that under pressure, the man may be prone to random decisions, you know? So. I think they all are. Of course they are. Yeah. They're, all, they're all prone to mad ones. You're never, ever going to agree with every decision a manager makes, ever, because we're all... We've all got our own opinion, and and it'll all it might be slightly different. Mine's slightly different to yours, and yours will be slightly well. Yours will be different to Ned's. And but if I'm looking, you know, if I'm on the touchline, and I'm thinking, I know I've got on the bench. Mm. I've just lost my right back. I haven't got a right back on the bench, mm. right? Because we've got challenges. Who shall I put on? <laughs> then I start with who's the most mobile player I've got. <laughs> yeah, Holgate's more mobile than Keane. That's what I mean. Who, who out of what I've got available is most mobile? Mm. Who's a defender? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. And maybe that just turns into it's Holgate or, or Keane. Or Keane yeah. I can't imagine anybody other than the manager would choose Keane. Mm. Other than he's got history and thinks this guy hasn't let me down before. Would um, Mason Holgate have been there to make the assist? 
No, but as Luke said, he wasn't a, he wasn't playing up front either, was exactly he? Exactly right. Yeah. So you see what I mean? Holgate was on the pitch, by the way. He did yeah. come on. Eventually. He come on yeah. at the back. But don't forget, Mason Holgate had been tried at right back at Crystal Palace and he got himself sent off in that position from being totally rash, didn't he? Michael, the one thing Michael Keane isn't is probably rash. He so makes, he makes rash. exactly, he doesn't, you know, he's not, you can see it with Holgate that it's winding up and you think he's, he's just never gonna... rash apart from went inside that long box. No, I don't <laughs> even think he's rash then. I think he's, I think he's the opposite of rash. He's like on super slow, slow mo at times, isn't he? But, nah, they, listen, he, he, John may well be right. He could sit here and go, yeah, I just, I looked around and thought, you know, I'll just go with this and it, it didn't quite work, did it? And, and listen, it, it it is what it is, and we move on, don't we? But it's something to keep an eye on. Like I say, if Michael Keane becomes a you know auxiliary right back all of a sudden, then yeah, I think we 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 all may have to worry. But I don't think that's the case. It, it's interesting for me, and it, if, you, if you talk about because Luke said there's no way back for Deitch for him because <laughs> of that. Yeah, <laughs> what happens, Luke? Have he moved Keane on? Would that get him back in your good books? Uh, that that'll, that'll go some way, and I don't yeah. want to turn this into the Michael Keane show. No, no, but indeed, I was that, thinking, yeah, yeah. I was thinking bringing that that up because um, we 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 faced this Michael Keane issue for what best part of five years, if not if not much much shorter. That we because I don't like I said I don't want to turn this into the Michael Keane thing, but. We'll be sat here seven months down the line, I guarantee it, and you'll be playing again. You'll play games and the same issues will crop, crop up because they always have. And, and I'm petrified because of the way Dad's used them um, when he came in. Absolutely petrified because he, he's done to us year after year. Came, not lossy purposely, but he's, he's failed us time and time again. I think it's Michael Keane is. As Liam Neeson said, has got a specific, you know, specific set of skills, hasn't he? And and anything outside that, he he's limited. He doesn't cope very well with it. That's right. Some of it's pace, some of it is confidence. The minute he makes a mistake, he's seen someone's put a pin in him, and the confidence just goes within. Yeah, I've never seen it with a player in that manner. Other times he has good, solid games and does all right. But I think sometimes. Players just need a change of scenery, and, and I maybe think he's one of those. maybe Michael Keane's one of them as well. Yeah, go, just to go to a team who will play to his strengths. Mm. So, Sean Dice did drop hey, him I'll, at I'll, the end. Don't forget, didn't he? He did take him back out the side for Yeri Mina. So maybe, maybe you know, keep that in mind as well. He didn't, he didn't blindly persist with him for the final four games and go. Well, he's my, you know, he did take him back out. Some will say he should have took him out a few weeks earlier. Mm. But what I'm saying is he did eventually take him back out the side, haven't put him See, in the side. Um, when, when I do my bullshit, plan the dive, dive the plan, mm. over the summer, maybe Sean might think to himself, you know what, with Michael, I've got a bit of a blind spot. Mm. I see more than is actually there. So to protect myself, I'll move him on. Mm. We'll but that becomes a conversation with Thelwell, doesn't it? You need to find me a replacement. You know, Maybe there's one coming back in. As a, as a starter, yeah, you'd like to mm. think Branthwaite will start ahead of Keane, certainly. Mm. But you still need your backups, don't you? Oh, God, yeah. So. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I'll leave it at this, but um, there's, there's, there's been a lot of noise about about um, what our transfer window could look like, money-wise. And it's something I've never been able to understand, because Joe, the FA, like the profit and loss, mm. it was always meant to be a three-year cycle, wasn't it? 
Mm-hmm. I, it seemed like our three-year cycles lasted five years. <laughs> um, like, so what do you reckon our window's going to look like? Because obviously we got the Gordon money at the end, which is somewhere with the Arteta money. <laughs> I, what are we going to be able to use? Like, are we going to be able to have like, somewhat of a decent window at all? What do you think? It's, I mean, it's from my perspective, it's difficult to know because if you just do the, if you if you trace it back twelve months, there was a lot of there was a lot of noise about us needing to sell a player before the thirtieth of June. Whether that was right, wrong, and whatever, it kind of played out like it was right, given when he went. As it happened, as it happened, so so Richarlison was sold. So then. Just imagine that took us back to zero. Just imagine it. It took us back to zero. I'm being very simplistic and you can tell me I'm wrong here, John. It took it back to zero. And then we went and spent 60 million on Onana and people like that. And then we got 40 million back in for Anthony Gordon Mm. at Christmas. So we're still minus 20 in a simplistic form. Keen's in there. And then now Moise Keen drops back in there at 25 million. So then you might think, well, we're plus five. But I am being very simplistic here. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. We, we, we have to... But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we have to consider two things, right? Mm. One is you get the profit and sustainability, as Luke says, where we're up against it. Mm. Clearly, the commission's going to form eventually. Yeah. So we're into the... the um, whatever arrangements were agreed between the football club and Premier League and the understanding of what that meant. Yeah. Because clearly, in the very black and white numbers, we're in breach of the regulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Everton insist we've done everything that was asked of us. Premier League have referred us because of a potential breach. Yeah, um, but you've got cash as well. Mm. Yeah, because that's an accounting. Of course, exercise. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you've got an accounting exercise that says, and, and, and you're quite right, uh, Baz, to say w- when it clicks over into the new financial year, from a financial fair play, we'll call it that yeah, yeah. perspective, the world becomes a better place because a big year falls off. Mm. Uh, and Luke, you talk about it's supposed to be a three-year cycle and we've had a lot of years of a three-year cycle. But if you think about it, it takes four years for one of those first three years to disappear. Mm. So it, you know, and, and if you continue to, to be naughty, spend beyond your means, um, even though you're moderating it in comparison to what you did before, you still find it hard work to get away from that you're up against the line thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so the profitability and sustainability rule bit, I think, becomes a lot healthier for want of a phrase, uh, come July. But you still gotta have the cash. Mm. You still gotta have the money. Yeah. Um the accounting practices and the amortizations, all those things that play into the P and S or FFP if you're in Europe, mm. um, are almost like they're not real. That they're, they're what accountants do. Yeah. Say this is what you look like and you can do stuff, you can't do stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and of course a lot of our cash is in a loss making business. Uh, because the business spends more than it earns. And some of that of course is in and around the stadium, but of course that's funded by Farhad Mashiri at the moment, and that's where your MSP capital and those sorts of guys come into. And then you've got what's called working capital is have you got enough money to pay your bills? And, and, and I'm sure that cash flow and maybe some of the payments associated with the stadium are where the thing that we've already seen on company house come into play. Mm. So it's not as simplistic as we've sold a player, therefore we can buy one, mm. you know? And, and of course, the thing that tends to get hidden from us until the accounts come out 
And bear in mind, for this financial year, we probably won't see the goddamn things till next January, <laughs> is what's happened with salaries. We know mm. players have gone, but we don't necessarily know whether players have um, got pay rises, how much it costs to change the manager again, mm. and all those things come into play. Um, but generally speaking, my own view would be just intuitively, and I suspect you'd agree with me because mm. we know real efforts were made in January to... To, yeah. to, to get players and had those players stayed in the building to sign a contract or mm. as off, if, if offers had been accepted, then clearly those players would have joined us. Mm. So you have to conclude what of those players would have cost. We can do that this summer if, yeah. if, if we need be. Uh, and, and therefore, let's have some confidence that Thelwell and, and Deitch between them have a plan and they can execute it. Um, the reason I said earlier today that I won't worry till you know, the first week of July is gone, is it's quite okay to think, well, the final few years not finished till it's finished. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And once it's finished, and you tend to, you can have a little bit of an overhang. But come the second week in July, the previous financial year is gone. We'll know exactly what our position is. And if we're talking then, hopefully with new leadership, that we're not buying players, then that's when we can start worrying about whether this squad... Uh, can actually do what needs to be done next season. And I, and I think the fan base in the round and me as an individual would be afraid, very afraid, if, if that's where we were at, because mm. clearly we'd go into a new season with a, a squad numerically less than we had the same time the previous year. Mm. Um, and without experience that we did have in this season, like Amina, for example, or, or others who yeah, were yeah. going to go. So I don't think it's optional, my friend, for us to buy players or get players in which is why the loan game might be part of it but of course with loans you can still spend a lot of money with the loan fees and mm. you're not actually getting any any potential at all for, for getting it back are you no no you know what well, I mean? a loan fee a five million quid for some young book who's going to add to your team mm. is a hundred odd grand a week salary isn't it mm. equivalent to and at the end of the season, that player may be worth a lot more because of what he's done for you, but then you lose him. But you might stay up, which is worth under million. And that's the point. And that, and, million and as we you. talked earlier on, and we keep saying it, we'll talk about it when we do the business stuff. And, and that's where you have to make decisions about what are you budgeting for? Yeah. You know, are we budgeting for 17th or are we budgeting for 10th? Mm. Now, we know where we want to finish, but the good magic trick would be to budget for 17th and finish. Tenth, ninth, eighth. Yeah, because then you you do get upside. Then yeah, you know? of course you do. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting one. Yeah. And, and sadly, my friend, all we can do is wait and see. Absolutely. But 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 the day when we find out or start to have a reason to worry is approaching one day at a time. You know, and it's perhaps mm. twenty or thirty. Say, 11, Ev, what I will say, what I will say, Lucas Everton will bring in. Oh, absolutely. Five or six players this summer. Oh, absolutely. In whatever guise that looks like, Everton will strengthen with half a dozen players. And we'll spend money, and it'll just be how they how they recoup it. Whether they have to sell someone, or whether they do the the Richarlison thing next. So I want to go right. We'll be spending, but we've got to make sure we recoup this by and fix it before, right, and, yeah. and worry about it later. So and, and certainly, this jury mm. of one, mm. you know, see, is still out on Thelwell. Yeah, and if he's allowed to do his job, great opportunity to show that without interference, you him and the it. manager between them can get us to a better place. Absolutely, yeah. and I hope that's what happens. Absolutely. Thank you. 
Thanks a lot, boys. Uh, I'll see you soon at the next Premier Night, anyway. Yeah, we'll let you know soon. We're shorting the process of sorting and let you know the date. Cheers, Luke. Have a good one. All right, cheers, mate. Take care. Ta-ra, ra Just a quick one. Just someone to put it before. Do you want to see West Ham win the Conference League tonight? Uh, the, yeah, the Conference League tonight. Uh, what are you thinking on that? Is yeah. it you do like yeah. more used to win a trophy? I'd like for them to just to lose. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair play. That's maybe because they're ultras and knobheads. Yeah. To be fair, they are. Um, Dick Else says uh, Damari Gray isn't good enough, in my opinion. How big an offer would you accept for him? It's a complicated question. Okay. Is it another guy going out the door? without any feel for what might come in, you know? Um, And and I think the football club will run the risk of getting itself into a situation where, a bit like you just said, we will get five players, you know, Mm. or or a number. If you let Damari Gray go, that becomes six, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah? And then you start getting selling or loaning clubs saying, we've got these guys over a barrel. They don't Mm. have a choice. You know, they, they, they exit the summer transfer window a bit light on numbers. Forget quality for a moment, but mm. just light on numbers. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. alone can get you relegated. Mm. It, you know, it exaggerates every injury, every suspension, and so on. Um, I think Damari Gray is what he is. Um, he's a squad player, isn't he? Mm. Um, so, so Dick might be really... I don't know whether you're talking about he's just not good enough for the club full stop or whether he's not good enough to be relied upon as a starter. But I think the manager's already decided, really, he's not really a starter. I mean, again, I always go back to it, and rightly or wrongly, but he costs one and a half million. He's got 12 goals in two seasons. Not wrong that's with not, that. It's not bad for a squad player, no, really. No, absolutely. So, that's what I mean, is what it is. There's yeah. a reason why we got him at such a good exactly. price. Inconsistency exactly. being the main one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm like John's just said, we are light on numbers and we can't, we can't chase everyone out the door. And, and it's, yeah, all right, you might get, I don't know, what would you get for the Marty Gray? Imagine... Imagine someone said I'll give you ten million pounds for him, right? Snap their hands off and say yeah, I'll have it. Yeah. But then it's what you replace ten million with. And you have to. If have... you're looking at then going, well, we'll we'll buy this fella for ten million, and he's not he's no one better and scores less goals, then you you worse off. You'd have to buy potential, and that's risk. Mm, so we'll see. Because you keep telling us there's lots of guys in Europe. There's loads. Listen, yeah. if you're gonna go down but that they're route, all unproven, there is loads, in this and league, you could yeah. imp- Everton could spend thirty million this summer. Pick up quite and a pick few players. Up four or five really good players with one or two of them having the potential mm. to go higher and make your money back. And, right. and that's what Brighton have done and Brentford. I imagine that Everton have got all the data and mm. got all the thing on these young players. They know who they are. So it's whether someone's got the balls to pull the trigger. How bold are you? That's it. Because if you carry on going, no, you know what? We won't buy Victor Boniface, who's 22, six foot three, Nigerian. Because he's playing in Belgium, even though he scored goals, we won't have him. We'll pay fifteen and a half million for Che Adams, who gets five goals a season, and they'll cost us seventy grand a week. I know which one I'd be paying the money for. Yeah, and it's not Che Adams. So, and that Che Adams is all right, but he's not. He wouldn't be who I would. I'd, I, I, I'd rather I think take the, the premium on so-called Premier League experience is way too high. Hmm? Way too high. Out of shadow. They asked Thomas Frank, didn't he, a couple of years ago? Are you worried about Premier League experience? And he was like, started laughing. Said, can they play football? That's all I'm worried about. If they can play football. Forget about what league. If you can play football, then you've got a chance. And they win the personal battles. Everything else comes then. How, how, tough, how tough are you? How fit are you? How strong are you? How fast are you? Then then, you, then the football bit comes in as well. Because if you can do the other stuff, you're still nuisance factor. 
then the quality, of course, you want the quality as well. But getting a, a player who's slow and is a bit weak, but is technically brilliant, doesn't really work either. So pace a... covers a lot of ills. We've said it before, uh, and, and you, you can probably buy pace for a lot less than you can buy technical competence. <laughs> Absolutely, going back to the lines. But listen, before we go back to the lines, make sure you subscribe and like the stream. Thank you very much. It means a lot. It helps the channel more than you will probably know. So do that for me, and it's uh, massively appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to the line. It is Tony. We've got Tony on the line. Tony, good evening. Oh, my God. I'm on the line. You're there. You're on the line. Can you hear me? <laughs> Loud and clear. Where are you calling from, Tony? Chattanooga, Tennessee. The one. What do you want to say? <laughs> I've been so, waiting to talk to John gonna for do years. It. Oh, there he is. I've been waiting to talk to him. I've not been hiding. Guy. I've not been hiding, honest. Well, John, I want yes, to ask sir. you a question. I think you've done a budget before in your life mm, probably. for a corporation. I've done about a dozen. I work for a health insurance company. Cool. How does Everton get so out of whack with their budget where they they're you know you have a hundred million pounds to go with over three years how do you get so out of whack um great he, question by the yeah, way great yeah question. and there is only one honest answer I'm really. back here. Yeah. Come on, John. because if, if you could talk about the budget being the plan and you've got to stick within it um and we've just been talking up with the pre one of the previous callers about a manager on the touchline under pressure doing something a bit random yeah, um, which he may have regretted the moment he did it. We, we've got an owner who has impulsively done things. And, and, and I think certainly there are players, and um, let's say players possibly, probably, but certainly managers who are, have been effectively appointed by the manager without any governance oversight whatsoever, you know? And you took, think about people like... Um, Allardyce, Benitez, those mm-hmm. sorts. And they're expensive mistakes. And, um, yeah, it's people operating outside a process, my friend. That's how you get in such a mess. Outside of policy, outside of process. But the guy who's doing it or has been doing it in the past owns the thing. And I think people within the football club um, have got themselves into a place where they can't stop him. And, and certainly there are people within the football club who think, well, it's his money. He can do what he wants with it. But actually, it's not his money at all because uh, it's the football club who enter into contracts and arrangements. It's the football club that will be penalised. It's the football club that's in breach of regulations. It's the football club that's gone or will go before a, uh, a commission and so on. So that's how you get in a mess. Yeah. I mean, you say you budgets together. You know that once you've done it, the budget lasts today. Because as soon as you start the financial year, things happen that you didn't expect. Some of those things are good for you. Some of those things are bad for you. And then you manage to a forecast. And I'm pretty damn sure, because for whatever people think, someone like Grant Ingalls is a competent finance manager. And I'm sure he was reporting to his superiors all the way along the line. We're running in excess of our budgets. We're running in excess of where we're allowed to be under profitability and sustainability rules. And they thought they could fix it later, yeah. And and people may have had some sunny day plan behaviours, you know. If we sell this player for X, it'll all be all right. Or if we finish this place in the league, it'll all be all right, and so on. And I think generally, by outcome, I think most people would question whether good governance and good procedures are being followed consistently. 
And uh, that's not to say the club doesn't have them. It's just there's one thing to have a procedure and a big fat book of procedures. It's another thing to actually follow them when times get hard. Mm. So, yeah. yeah so- I think, I think uh, Everton is a rudderless ship. I think you got an absentee landlord, Mashiri. Mm. Uh, you got people that don't go to the games. And so I have a proposal for the board. Oh, okay. This is what I think. I think on the board, Mashiri's got to be on the board. Keep Bill on the board. You want a full-time chair, somebody who's going to be the PR guy. I want a sales and marketing person on there. Mm-hmm. I want a real estate management person on there. I want a former coach. You could have Big Sam or somebody on the board. A former agent and a finance guy. So that you actually have a supervisory board. Because you can't have the finance guys on the board. Well, who's checking his numbers? Like, you know... You, I think the board is checking their their own homework. Like, there's, I think the board should be a supervisory board. Well, clearly, when you've got a board that's so small, and and one of the non-executive board me- or the only non-executive board member is being chosen because they know that he's not going to say boo to a ghost, you know. Mm. And, and, yeah. med- and yeah. many of the things that we have challenges with are not within his uh, sphere of experience. So you're quite right. If you oversimplify it, uh, Grant Ingalls reports to Denise Barrett-Baxadale who reports to Bill Kedright who reports to, to Farhad Bashiri. So that there's no challenge. It's not a challenger environment, you know? Um, yeah. I don't think we can necessarily do it on this call, but I'm sorry, my friend, but if you think Sam Allardyce should be on Everton board, then there's a problem there. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, you think, <laughs> if you think an ex-agent should be on the board, you've also got a problem. Mm. Um, but but generally speaking, I think I know where you're coming from. You want a commercial expert on the board. You want a sales and marketing type expert on the board. And commercial and sales are not necessarily the same thing. And you need some operational people. And, and a supervisory board, where I think you fundamentally believe that holistically, it's oversight of the operational team. Yeah. Then yeah. Uh, and, and you start the, the the year, the financial year that is, with a plan called the budget. Mm-hmm. That that financial plan has got um, assumptions within it um, like we're going to finish this place in the league, we're going to buy, spend this amount on players, we're going to get this amount of income from various income streams and so on and so forth. And then that the oversight, we'll call it oversight or supervisory board, they monitor progress against the plan. And if the plan isn't being adhered to for some reason because unforeseens happen, then you adapt the plan. Hence mm. why you create a budget and once you've created the budget, and the gun goes off, you then manage the forecast. And at the end of the financial year, you should be, you come in on forecast, and clearly you've got some drivers on that. One of those drivers will be, do not be in breach of profitability and sustainability rules. Unfortunately, sometime during that year, or if we look at Everton over the last five, six, seven years or whatever, you would say somebody should have been saying no to some of the things that some of the people wanted to do because they would result in a breach of regulation. And the people who were saying no, let's call them the experts, the finance expert, for example, in this case, maybe Grant and his team, were not strong enough to convince the people around them and more relevantly above them that the course of action they were about to take was wrong. Have Uh, you seen um, Marcel Brands did an interview on uh, Forbes magazine? Have you guys uh, seen that? I've heard, yeah, yeah. 
Well, he called out the owner because he wanted to keep Silva. Yeah, and that's the right. Wanted to fire him. That's right. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, sorry, that's what he said, but you can look at that two different ways, can't you? But, you you can say well, there's that no oversight. If if the only oversight is Mashiri, then there's no oversight. Well, I, I think oversight can be multi-tiered, can't it? But ultimately, if you have an organisation, which I think, unfortunately, Everton Football Club has, and that includes Marcel Brands, yeah, at the time, who will defer to the man who claims he owns the place, yeah? And yeah. Maybe he's yeah. got ni- 94, well, 100-odd thousand reasons to prove it, i.e. the share, you know, 90 percent of the shares. But it's all well and good for Marcel Brands, who fundamentally said diddly squat when he was in post and he took took the cash, yeah? And then there comes a moment, you know, on a scale where it doesn't matter how much money you give me, I'm still going to go. Mm. You know, there's a crossover yeah. point. Um, but one way you can say is the owner interfered and didn't listen to his expert, mm. and therefore Silva got the sack. The other way you can look at it is the director of football was incapable of convincing the owner to listen to his expert opinion. So it's a bit like football games. It's it's not common for a goal to be scored by the opposition based on a single isolated error. Mm. And usually that single isolated error is normally an isolated centre-back who screws up or the goalkeeper. Mm. Usually you can track back and go back earlier in the phase card. Yeah, to of course. Say, well, if, we've seen it in recent games. Yeah. You know, if... Uh, if Ghana Gay had fouled him, that goal wouldn't have been scored. If yeah. Anana had fouled him, that goal wouldn't have been yeah, scored. Yeah, yeah. If we hadn't got ourselves caught up the field, that goal wouldn't have been scored, and so on, right? So it's great for Marcel to do easy interviews w- with a world that knows it's a dysfunctional business, but I think he was as culpable as anybody during his period of tenure because he stuck it out when he wasn't being allowed to do his job. Um, so I've got no great sympathy for the man, to be honest. He, he earned far more money per year than he was likely to earn in five years in, in other leagues. Mm. And he stuck around, he listened to the promises, and none of them, and I, and I mean Denise, Bill, uh, and, and Marcel himself, who was, of course, Farhad's man, if you remember, yeah. Um, yeah. were able to, or felt able to say no to him. And, and, and because I've worked at the sharp edge of stuff back in the day, I, I think I've worked for people at least as awkward and difficult to work with than Farhad is. But all these people, if you can get into their heads in the right way, will listen to reason. Mm. And I just think that very linear, you know, Grant, Denise, Bill, Farhad just means the weakest link is the last man who talks to Farhad, which is Bill. And yeah. if Bill defers in that example to well, he's the owner, and it's it's his toy to do with as he wishes. Mm. And I'm being provocative there. I don't think Bill just rolls over, but there comes a point when it's, it's a bit like when you're in a, a you know professional environment. If your boss says to you, "Do as you're told," because I'm the boss, you're not my boss for very long if you say that to me. Because if you act to exercise hierarchical authority, then you've lost the game already. Yeah. Mm. So it, it it went wrong. These things go wrong one day at a time, don't they? And it went wrong the first time somebody should have put the foot down and said to Farhad, no, we're not doing that. And I think there were some moments, and I think Allardyce was a tipping point, when the football club tried to stop him doing it. But by the time they got to him, he'd already done it. Absolutely. And what I would say as well... Which is shocking, right? Yeah. What I would say as well is 
when you started off, <laughs> you did say Bill could stay. Nah, oh, I, no, I think time's gone, mate. And, and Allardyce, nah, time's gone. <laughs> Sam Allardyce Agents. had his go. But I get, I get points what you make, but I think, listen, the time has come for a fresh, a fresh approach and the, the current incumbents for me need to, need to be moved on. So let's do it. But I get, there's lots of things you said, which, you know, you're looking for expertise, make the board bigger, do all of that. Um, we'll see what goes well, on. Well, let's just see what goes you know, on. Maybe I don't know. What do you guys think of the, like this business model where you lose a hundred million pounds every three years? And that's, is that a sustainable league? I mean, it doesn't uh, seem no. like it makes a lot of sense. Uh, this football club has lost more than a hundred million pounds a year. Every three years, it's been losing it per year. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not sustainable at all. I mean, that's an accounting loss, of course. Yeah, uh, and the only reason it's not gone out of business is due to the very deep pockets for quite a long while of, of the owner who would put in then working capital on a regular basis. You know, um, but that catches up with you eventually. Either the owner runs out of money, yeah, yeah, or, or, or the business goes down despite it. Right, and I think we've been up against the line for a while, and this this league, this Premier League, has had examples where owners have run out of money, and some of them have been American guys, you know, Andy Lerner at Aston Villa, for example, he Andy literally Lerner, ran yeah. out of money. Yeah, Sunderland. Yeah, you know, a, a rich man became a very much less rich man. Yeah, um, and, and you know, and, and got turned over by another guy, so to speak, who then did the same thing, and before you know it, you go through iterations of ownership. Mm. Um, I, I, I think. Part of the answer to your question is a ruddy great big check comes every year uh, from the broadcast, which, which gives you more breathing space. And, mm. and some of these people think they can wing it to the next paycheck. And it, it, you can, for quite perversely, you can in this league persist being not very well run for quite a while. Yeah. But it does catch up with you eventually. Yeah, it will always catch up with you. And eventually. And, and our eventually moment was a matter of weeks ago. And, and you know, we pulled a rabbit out the hat again with an extraordinary result of Brighton. We did. You know? And, what and, a day that was, by and, the way. And without changes in both the leadership and um, somebody getting control of the, the owner, we'll be back where we were again. Because we won't Well, guys, ha- I appreciate you taking my call. Love you guys. John, Take great it. to talk to you. And you, uh, my friend. Call again. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cheers, so. Okay, cheers, mate, Serrano. Put Tennessee on our list of places to go. Chattanooga, what a place. Oh, All good, all good. Um, Yeah, he he did have a bit of a murder saying, Bill and Sam, you know, on the board. illustrations, I think. Yeah, I think so. Well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, Where are we? Dick L says, uh, is Sean Dyche really, uh, sorry, Sean Dyche's reluctant, reluctance to use young players going to cost Everton financially? I think players like Jared Branthwaite, Reese Wells, Stanley Mills, uh, Samuel Smith and others need to start being involved, if only so they can make a name for themselves and we can sell them for inflated prices. Getting good money for kids will transform this close, but it's only going to happen if Dyche embraces them into the first team. The f- I mean, what I would say is, They've got to be good enough first and foremost, haven't they? Um, but that should be a model we're hoping to explain. I mean, Stanley Mills has just won player of the year for the 21, so f- whatever, 14, 15 goals. He's obviously got a goal in him. I'm a little bit surprised he wasn't included in the squad towards the end of the season when we were light on numbers because sometimes those kids come on in a game and just... 
you know, score a goal from nowhere. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there's the, there's an interesting point here, right? And I'll be quick so Glenn can come yeah. on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that th- there's an old school approach that says, and, and I think most football managers will say, if you ask them, you know, if the owner starts telling me which players to play, then I ain't going to be here, mm. right? I think the reality is that's not what you do. You don't do it that crudely. But this is a business, right? And and optimal isn't the only thing that goes on inside the 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 the, um, the coach or the manager's head. In other words, because you're the manager, doesn't mean you've got the best answer, right? And and if you look at the big picture, and you say to this manager, we know that your job is at risk, you know, every five games, because if you lose five on the bounce, you're under pressure, and so on. But we also know that you want to be here for a sustained period of time. You want to see onward progression. And that's not going to happen by you choosing to almost get into a mindset of he's only a kid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You need pathways. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So so on one side, the balance sheet, if you will, that's, that's it. The other side is because this team's underperforming and this squad's underperforming, I think we're getting an inflated view of how good these kids are. Mm. Now, you might say, well, we haven't seen them. But the manager does, does every day in training, or four days a week if you're Frank Lampard, right? So, so, and but we see them go out on loan, and we see sometimes they go out on loan and they really achieve well. So, Branthwaite's going to be a really graphic example of that, isn't he? Yeah. You know, um, Branthwaite is a 2020s John Stones. He appears to have a very high ceiling. Yeah, yeah. He has to be playing in the Premier League. Everton to fully get the benefit of that high ceiling because you've got to prove it in this league. That means he has to be played. If the manager sees him up close and says, you know what, that Dutch league, yeah, he's played it, yeah, he's not the man. You want to almost have a very hard debate between his single opinion and the opinion of the other people. And Mm. the other people would be data analysts, the director of football and so on. And and the answer has to be if you're good enough, you're old enough. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know? and they have got all of the they've got and all the they've data. They've all got and the stuff. data, they've all got stuff. Um and you know, you've got to have a pathway. And and you, you talk if you're Branthwaite, are you having the conversation with your agent of when it comes to it, is he gonna pick Michael Keane? Mm. Chasing thirty year old guy who hasn't got the physical attributes I've got. He hasn't got the pace I've got. He hasn't mm. got the Champions League experience I've got. Mm. He hasn't got the youth. He hasn't got anything that I haven't got. And yet he's picking him. Yeah. And that's because, the correct Because I'm 20 or whatever the age is and mm. he's 30 and he favours experience over a clear set of criteria. Yeah. yeah. So, which is why when I do the, the beach thing of, you know, plan the dive, dive the plan, they've got to say... What do we want our centre-backs to look like? Mm. And then you compare what you've got against it, and you go, you know what, Branthwaite's a starter. Mm. Branthwaite's meanest replacement. The age can't, can't be the thing that Absolutely stops you, not. though, can it? He can't Absolutely be, I'm not, not taking the chance because he hasn't got the experience, because how, A, how did he ever get it? And B, yeah, you sometimes right. don't know until you put the person in that Absolutely. position, and you go, right. I mean, look at whether people like it or not, but look at Anthony Gordon. He went to Preston. Did nothing. Couldn't get a kick in the end. That's right, yeah. Come back, Everton were like... We may well have to loan him out again because he wasn't ready. And Benitez threw him in, and and he he done well. He worked hard, and he he, he improved. Whether he's 
to play in Newcastle think he is. We don't know. He's a pre-season away from how making know. a decision. Isn't well, it? that's it, isn't it? But you know, he may thrive. He might not. But he, but he did thrive by playing in Everton's first team. He did. Where a lot of people looked at the twenty ones and were like, drifts in and out and looks disinterested sometimes. And other times he looks good. Preston couldn't take a chance on him. Didn't feel like they could trust him by playing him. You see it with other players. I've seen Chrysenio, um Somerville at Leeds, who was thrown in by. Uh, Jesse Marsh at the back Jesse, end of yeah. last season because they had so many injuries and he just said he just popped in training one day so he threw him in he scored a couple of goals and got the win at Anfield this season mm. people like that were just thrown in at the right time and sometimes they, they come up for you and get you big goals and other times they're not you know they don't do but you can't say oh well they're young so they can't be given a chance uh, there's a persistence within the Premier League particularly amongst English managers or, or traditionally mm. English, whether they're actually English or Scottish or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, that sometimes the best decisions they make are the ones they didn't make. They had no choice. Yeah. yeah Patterson getting a start was no choice. So, mm. you know, and if he hadn't got injured, he'd have played all the games, wouldn't he? Yeah, sure, you'd have suffered with some of his naivety in defending and stuff like that because he's learning his craft. Mm. But that would have been compensated for with athleticism and, and, and his ability to go forward yeah. and so on. And we go from Patterson to Keane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, crazy, yeah. crazy. Well, I've seen um, it in the past. But... So you've got to have a mix. You don't win anything with kids until you do. Until you do, yeah. yeah. Right, Glenn's been waiting patiently on the, Hi, the, Glenn. the call. Glenn, what do you want to say, mate? Uh, John, coffee is for closers, Blaine. How are you? John what? <laughs> coffee is for closers. Yeah. From uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah. Yes. Don't worry. How are you doing? I'm good, my friend, yeah. Glenn Ross, and, uh, that's uh, right up in the north of Scotland. That is, it's a long way north, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not actually there. I'm. That was a film reference. I know. Uh, I'm, teasing. I'm actually going from central London. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the accent gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got yet? <laughs> got yet? Yeah. Um, Baz, you're looking fantastic. How was the holiday? Thank you. Yeah, it was nice and relaxing, mate. Knowing that, uh, knowing that Everton was safe and didn't have to worry. It Costa was Del Conway. Costa Del Conway. Yeah, and it was sunny all the time, so it was great. Thank you very much for asking. Good to be back. It was. Uh, yeah, I mean, been waiting to speak to John for for ages. Conscious you had that holiday booked close to the end of the season. Yeah, I'm going to ask you not to book a holiday that close to the end of the season again because I want to say thanks first and foremost. You were the calming influence, uh, <laughs> spreading positivity to everyone. I think Baz, I don't want to speak for you, but you know, a lot of times towards the end of the season, I was not convinced, but. Uh, What's the word? I thought we were going to go down a few points, but John, you seem to be like positive throughout. Is that right? Um, I try to be. Um, yeah, I, I try to. De- I like to be pragmatic, right, and, and, and stay as reasonably level-headed as I can. It doesn't stop me sitting in my house with a little piece of software <laughs> doing models that say what's going to happen. I, I remember coming into this studio and telling Baz that Leicester were going to go down. And he quite rightly said, no effing chance, look at some of the players and, and so on. That was in about February when you said uh, Yeah, but the model was saying they were going down. The um, model also had us winning games. That well, it did, the end of and the that's losing. the point, isn't it? Mm. You know, and that's the point we were talking earlier on with Tony, I think, about budgets and forecasting. Mm. And the same happens with um, with, with football. You could, uh, Farhad Mashiri's famous expected loss, you know? <laughs> Well, we had an expected loss at Brighton and we destroyed them. Mm. Um, but I go to games, mate, home and away, and I suffer as much as anyone suffers. But while there's hope, 
there's a chance. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I think I said at one stage, um, perhaps in here, but certainly on social media, that if we can get to the last game with it in our hands, we'll be all right. And, um, that doesn't mean I wasn't nervous on the day. Doesn't mean I didn't wonder where the hell is a goal going to come from and so on. But yeah, it's, it's never done till it's done. And, um, I think you have to stay calm if you can. If only the manager did that and didn't need Jerkin to play in Keane, then you'd be alright. He right. did. I mean, to be fair, um, like I said, you know, for all the pat on the back that he's got, people have given stick as well. He was calm right the way through. There was a, he lost the plot when the court, he went up the side. He made yeah, some he terrible does, yeah. decisions yeah. and, and he seemed to be struggling there, but then what's he got to work with? That's what you have to I, I think he, 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 um, for that last week before the Bournemouth game, I think he put a lot of, um, for want of a word, confidence into the players mm. by this is got, another, we this all, is another game we sat here i was asked every day from january what i thought the point total would be yeah. and i said 35 will keep you up and lots of people told me i was mad it would never happen we got 36 and, and as it happened 35 kept you up because leicester went down with 34 but we all said that we can get to the final two games with four points get four points in them final two games it'll keep us up that's right and that's what i am sure that's probably what he was saying and you listen to that the BBC Sounds thing with Connor Cody, who was on was it last night or the very night articulate. before? He he is very articulate, but he also said the manager it was calm, everything was calm. We just we knew what we had to do, and that's what it was, and, and we got through it. Let's not do it again because it was horrific. Yeah. Let's let's have it sorted in February next season or March and be safe. Um, Come and sit yeah. next. Come and sit next to me at one of the games and see how calm I am then. <laughs> yeah. Or, or how I celebrated nice. when Decorey scored. Get in, yeah. kissing everyone now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, limbs yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um. So with that in mind and moving forward, John, as you say, last season's over. We've got to move forward. I want to go back to one of your business with Blaine episodes, and you have to forgive me. I can't remember the guy that was on the episode with you with you when you shared this, but you talked about a boss you had with this, that would drill down. He had a framework where he would drill down and ask people questions. Martin Reed. Yeah. Dr. Martin Reed. Yeah. There you go. And if you would, if you, if they gave an answer that was solid, they would, they would move on. He would move on to someone else around the table, drill down. If it was soft, he would keep drilling. Right. Absolutely. I've been using that in, in, uh, work in work recently. So thank you very much for that. But you're welcome. My question my question for you today is if you did have a magic drill um, and you could use it on Everton and you could find out something that you don't know from a business perspective or anything, I don't want to lose you too much. What would you like to drill down on particularly um, and find out more about? And the same question for you as well, Baz. Um, for, for me, because, because I've been pontificating to anyone who's sad enough to be near me about you know trying to disperse all the noise and all the the individual failings that one might say and i'm a great believer that individuals don't fail companies do you know and i i think that if the football club um was able to fix two particular things almost with a sweep of a wand right it would be um to be able to make decisions quicker okay and to be able to communicate with key stakeholders, most notably the fan base, more effectively. So if I'm in there with that drill, I'd be drilling to find out why the football club doesn't think he can do either of those things. Mm. You know, <clears throat> because I think 
that is all in and around um, the management of perception because there's lots of in the nose, there's lots of bloggists, there's lots of people doing YouTube and podcasts and all sorts of things. And they all have varying degrees of demands upon the football club about tell us, tell us, tell us, you know, like people want to know how the stadium's going to be funded mm. and, and all those sorts of things. But ultimately that's a failure communication. Okay. And it's why I've said it on one of the recent business with Blaine's. If I'm in MSP and I've done my due diligence, which I will have done, I'll have looked at the business. What do I think is wrong with it? Mm. And I think it's a corporate equivalent of Michael Keane. When everything's going fine, the entity can look well run. Mm. But as soon as there's a wobble, they all look at each other to make decisions and it goes up a linear line. So it would be about enforcing accountability and responsibility within the structure, but also trying to take some of the heat off because the manager took the heat off the players in that, that last week. Yeah. Mourinho, for, dec for a decade or more, has taken the heat off his players a mm. different way, yeah. right, by drawing it to himself, right? And, and the way you take the heat at the moment in particular off the people running Everton Football Club is by getting the fans on side. Yeah, The fans want this club to be successful. Mm. It's prepared to allow people to do their jobs. It doesn't like being lied to. No. Right? Nope. It doesn't like being made promises that are not likely to be fulfilled. And indeed, the people making the promises might know when they make them that we'll have to deal with the fact we're not totally telling the truth down yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and so explanation about and truth, right? would sweep away lots of negative perceptions because negative perceptions can't be fueled if everyone knows what the truth is. No, that is true. You know, and, 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 you know, whenever I waffle about this stuff, I always think of, and I think I've said this to you before, Kevin Keegan, when Newcastle sold Andy Cole, he stood on the steps yeah. at St. James's Park, spoke directly to the fans and he said, trust me, mm. this is the right thing to do. And they gave him the leeway with it. Yeah, you know, and time will tell whether it was or it wasn't the right thing to do. But for this football club, because you're asking a question about the drilling, I'd want to find what's the soft spot that has stopped this business, which has got governance people coming out of its ears, right, to to follow even a modicum of best practice. And it cannot keep looking up and saying it's all the owner's fault. Mm. It really can't. And and I think an organisation like an MSP or whomever is going to put people on the board. If they've done their due diligence and they've seen where those soft spots are, then it's incumbent upon them to fix them very quickly. And, and when I had my corporate job, where I did a lot of outsourcing and the like, where I'd go into basket cases, you know, and, and we, in the company I work for, we consistently went into broken businesses and quite literally and materially made a difference within the first 90 days. Same resources, same everything, same processes, same technologies, same everything, but a different mindset. And it needs a mindset of we can be better rather than mm, the world's all against us and mm. it's hard and difficult. And we've got an owner who just makes decisions on the fly and so on, right? I don't know if that answers your question, but I better let, better let Baz have to go. Mine's, mine would be... Drilling down into the recruitment side and asking, yep. finding out why we've made the decisions we've made. Why have we replaced the six foot two centre forward who can run and jump and put the ball in the net with one who's five foot six, seven, and and can't do any of those things to the same level? Why we have allowed 
big talents who we've had the opportunity to purchase for, I'm going to call it buttons, and gone and bought other ones for three times the price because they played in the Premier League and, it, you know, where we could have made money. Why have we made those decisions? How are we missing all of these talents? How are we, how are we not able to go and get some of these players and pay the money when it's very little money and you can see they've got the physical attributes? Who makes the decisions? Do these, do the recruitment team know these players? They must do. Because otherwise, what the hell are they doing at Evan if they don't? Uh, and what's, where's the, when you look up the, the line to get it signed off, where does that break? Does it break? The director of football, who's above the recruitment team, does he go, great idea, he looks really good. Does the manager go, nah, not for me. Or does the manager go, he'd be good, and it goes to the CEO, and she goes, no. Or she goes, okay, I'll pass it on. And it and does it, yeah. Where does it stop, and why? Why Why didn't we pay £20 million for Moose at the Arby two seasons ago when we watched them 16 times? Why didn't we buy Leon Bailey? Why didn't we buy Ibrahim Singari? See, they're all symptoms, aren't they? Yeah, something's broken. Yeah. I want to know why. You know, That'll be where my drill. My drill no, and I think you would be right. And, and you know, and when I, when I've done due diligence before, I would go, go into data rooms and the like. Mm. Yeah, I go in with experts. So, say recruitment was one of the things mm. I want to look at. Yeah, I send you off and go go dig and come back to the answer. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. and 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 perhaps it wasn't for this, and perhaps it wouldn't be for a business with Blaine because I'd be talking for three hours. Right, mm. but. It comes back to, to me, if you try and get to the, to the peak of what it is, you say, if you fix this thing, all these other things will get better. Yeah. The ability to make decisions, right, and follow through with them. Mm. And if you've got it wrong, fail quickly. Yeah. Right? And communicate to key stakeholders why those decisions were made, mm. why they were successful if they were, and why they weren't successful if they weren't. Right, and and some of those key stakeholders, of course, are your employees. They're the people down in the ranks. They're the data analysts. Yeah, they're the coaches in the academy. You imagine there's coaches in the academy working their waters off, trying to keep a young talent, mm. showing him about the pathway. And Farhad Mashir is going, "Nah, let's buy that guy." <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, it it's a difficult one. Um, one of the reasons that the existing board, if we persist with believing it still exists you know the four people it's why they can't be the board they've got mm. baggage whether they're good or bad or indifferent as individuals the baggage means they can't do it anymore yeah you have to have someone who come who's able to come in brand spanking new in a so-called honeymoon period and say to farhad no yeah no 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 we've mm. been there we're not doing that yeah. the director of football says that's the guy the manager's happy Let's go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And if you're the owner, go, no, it's my football club. Well, fine. These two guys are going to walk out the door then. Mm-hmm. There will have been moments in the past that if people at board level, never mind the sporting side, had stood up and been counted, Mashiri would have backed down because mm-hmm. he would have had to. Yeah. Okay. And it might have not been good for them personally in the future. Yeah. But they could have stopped well, or, that's, or diluted mean, a lot of the. The stuff that's gone on. And that is difficult, isn't it? Without it, it is difficult to turn around and go, well, I'm walking. If you've got, I get it, if you've got a mortgage and you've got other stuff, I yeah, get it. Yeah, but let's close the loop but, briefly because I've, I've had mm-hmm. mortgages in the past. No, I know. Right? I know. But, I'm just yeah. saying, there's, I'm not saying if that's the correct way to do it. I'm but, not saying it's easy. But Mark, the likes of Marcel Brands, you know, I, I was, people used to say to me, can't, he's not allowed to do his job. Well, okay, well, 
for someone like him, Stand up and I'd love to ask him this, is that, okay, well, were you close to walking out in the first three years? Because if you were trying to do your job, massively respected, tried to get him mm. a couple of times before, so there must have been some, he must have had a lot in the bank for Everton to keep from Mishiri to keep going for him. Then he comes in and he's got, this is me plan and these are the plays. And if the owner's going, no, go and pay 85 million for Wilf Sahar when he, he come out and went, there was nothing to do with me, which he did say. I give the owner a, a price that he should have gone to and when it went above that, it was nothing to do with me. Why did you stay then? If, if you kept getting told no, because someone like him did have a lot in the bank, he could have gone and got a job immediately because mm-hmm. there are a lot of clubs after him. But he didn't for whatever reason. He might have thought, well, I can make it better. I eventually will win and it'll turn. Maybe he had that idea of I keep telling him he eventually will listen to me. I don't know. And it is difficult for other people who, who have got it. But you're right. It, it is at, at that stage is that if you turn out to the owner and say, if you do not let us complete what we want to do, do our jobs properly, we're going and we're not signing an NDA hmm? and people will know, i.e. the fans will turn out and go, why have our board all resigned? Is it to do with the owner not letting them do the job? And then the pressure, whether the owner cares, is a different thing, but at least the spotlight is, is shone fully on the owner. You won't let anyone do their job. See, when I talk like this, I always mm. talk in absolutes. Yeah. You just say no to the owner. Now, clearly, there's a lot you've got to do, but what it boils mm. down to is no. Yeah. You know, so, so when people are told by the owner, I want Sam Allardyce as the manager. Yeah. And the chair goes simplistically, no. It won't happen. Mm. So let's pretend in a terrible scenario, the owner goes, bang, you're not going to do as you're told. Step up, you're now the chair. Point, no, no, no. Mm. Because it's the football club who enter into a contract with Sam Allardyce, yeah, not, not the, the owner, owner yeah. you know? And, and, and in my experience, because I've stood up to many people, mm. right? Um, when you stand up to these people, but I don't just mean being, you know, you justify and you explain why it is what it is. Yeah. They listen. Martin mm. Reed was an ogre, right, to many people. I got on with him fine, right? He beat the 10 bells out of me at reviews, and I gave as good as I got, and I, I earned his respect. Therefore, I had an easier time. But it's too late for these guys. They've had four or five years yeah. of just doing what Farad says on a whim. Yeah. And if you look at Farad, the further he gets into that, the more he thinks, I have to decide because these guys these never can't or whatever. Yeah. It works both ways, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, let's hope that um, the honeymoon period that any new board members get is exploited in the right way, which is to basically draw a line in the sand or create a fire break, call it what you will. Going forward, we're going to have a plan. And we're going to follow it. And we need change. We need yeah. change. The yeah. only way we're going to do it, you're absolutely right, follow follow that path. Uh, and that's the only way to do Does it. Does that help, my friend? Yeah. Cheers, Glenn. I was, I was going to Go summarise, on. yeah, just saying, like, yeah. it just sounds like we need a cultural change. And yeah. the best way to absolutely. change culture is leadership. And Spot on. we've got a whole summer. And I think there's enough to change that's um, in scope. We've got, uh, we can do all those changes in scope of this summer. Will it be complete? No, but... We can make a massive difference. Um, You're spot on. Right Absolutely leash. right. Absolutely um, right. Anyway, yeah. uh, there's club call royalty waiting. Brian's on up next, I think. So I'm oh, going to go. Okay. But 
it's uh, been a pleasure speaking to both of you. And you, sir. Cheers, Glenn. Thanks. Again. Take care, mate. Take care. See you See later. You. Bye. Bye. Uh, Danny says, if EFC pay you three million a year, other jobs are offering you two million a year. <clears throat> Why do you quit and go to the other job? Doesn't matter if you're allowed to do your job properly. He waited for his payoff. It's all about reputation. If you're not bothered about your reputation, fine. Fine. That's simple. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Sit on it. But it depends what, if you're a, you know, like I said, if you are bothered about your reputation, then you would, you would walk, wouldn't you? If someone's making you, you know, not allowing you to do your job sufficiently. The best jobs I've ever, ever had, I enjoyed doing. Yeah, of course. Listen. So, so it is what it is. Going to work every day, unhappy. Yeah. Money's less important than that. Mm. Especially when you're on a million pound a year yeah. or whatever they're on. But yeah. well, well, listen, whatever it is, what it is, it's done. But we do, we need change. We need cultural change. We, we need people change. As basic trick said, you change the people or you change the people. It's a good phrase. Uh, it is a decent one. It's a decent one. Um, so there you go. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe if you oh, haven't. Brian. Thank you very much. So we're going to Brian. Brian, how are you? Hot. Fucking sweaty. Oh, okay. Too much information. Yeah. It's 25 degrees here, so it's lovely. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But it's, I was going to bring up a study you heard on uh, this afternoon. It's staying pretty much on the same lines as the uh, previous caller. Uh, but I'll dig it around a bit. Uh, it's about machinery. I was thinking, how does a man feel? I mean, the amount of money he's put into the club. Uh, yeah. And... It'd be very easy for him to become disillusioned with all the criticism and insults that have been pouring his way. Uh, whether you call for it or not is another thing, but he's, he's received all this stuff, so it'd be very easy for him to become disillusioned. Mm. And so what if you'd have sold up? What kind of owner would we have got then? What we do have is he's still there. Uh, and if he's, as far as I'm concerned, if he wants to continue investing in the club, which he seems to be doing, and looking out for its, its and his own best interests, then I'm quite happy to do as he stays on one proviso, and that is he gets professionals in to run the club, and then he allows them to do it. Mm. And they allow them to build up a structure with which everybody can work, uh, which will make everything easier, you would you would, you would think. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, now, I also think he's got a bit of a he's got a bit of a fright as old machinery. He's seen the, basically the entire division and uh, championship clubs overtaken us, and I don't think that was part of the idea when he bought the club. <laughs> and I think he's got a bit of a shock there, and he's thinking, "Oh, oh what's going on here? How come all these club clubs are doing so-called smaller clubs are doing so well, and yet we are on the financial quagmire? What's going on, and why?" and it's about time we did something. And so, of course, with the investment coming in now and the rumoured uh, changing of the board, uh, I think he's actually... Um, the penny's dropped because we will not survive another season like this. If we go into the same position next season, we will not survive. That's what I'm convinced of. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, he can stay. As long as he keeps the things out of the pie, he gets professionals to do the job allowed to do. And uh, as Tom was saying, is people who are prepared to say no. 
Can't disagree with that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why he didn't do it five years ago. Yeah. And, and you know what? What's crazy? If you think about some of the current incumbents, if Farhad Mashiri had strengthened the board five years ago, they wouldn't be getting shown the door now, would they? No. They might have left of their own accord. Yeah. But, yeah. but they'd have gone with the hell head held high and, and and not in this horrible situation they have found themselves in perhaps mostly of their own making because of uh, what happened around the Southampton game but everybody would be in a better place but, mm-hmm. so you know Brian's right you know that the authority and the power that the owner or the top dog has is hiring and firing yeah and if you've done the hiring let them do the job <laughs> yeah let them do the job if you've hired them you know you can sack them if they're not doing the job Right, and give people objectives, and give people measurable performance, and all that good stuff, uh, and and then make decisions in advance. You know, um, mm. again, you've got a teeny weeny little club like Wrexham <laughs> doing just that. You know, remember on, on, on the Welcome to Wrexham thing, we don't get promoted; we're sacking the manager. Mm. That's the way it was. And yeah. They didn't, so they did, <laughs> and it was because they knew you need change. Yeah. Mm. Um, and and the thing is, of course, if the owner's not doing it, the senior executives could have done it as well. So both of them have had to have not have done it for us to get end up where we are. So frustrating. Yeah, the people on the board there who are who understand uh, the business so well that they are able and capable and have the confidence and the knowledge to say no, and surely this will get them more respect from the owner because it- you got people who are saying. You know, it would. This is not the way to do it. Absolutely, it would. You know, and and at some stage, if you have to tell him he's part of the problem, then you tell him. Mm. I mean, you don't be that blunt. You perhaps phrase it in a way that says, "You know what?" Bit nicer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you produce plans, and then and when he impulsively wants you to do something, so, but that's not in the plan. What's changed? You know, he has to decide who he listens to. Of course, he does. Yeah. Of course he does, and, and clearly he's had some uh, um, informal advisors who haven't been very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my I'm happy to see him stay as long as he allows any new board members to build a structure which is workable and he uh, keeps his nose out of it until it's uh, sharing the profits time. Absolutely. Mm. Good one. Right. Well then, well then, Bry. Sorry we've been a bit blank. It's because you're no, no, you've, a lot of sense. He has covered this, covered the points. Yeah. There's not really much more to add, is Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. My... Well, it's, it's been uh, exhausted, this topic, I would say, almost, hasn't it? Well, well, I think that the whole thing has been, and, and you know, people are saying, you know, Mishiri's out of touch or has been out of touch or whatever, and it's difficult to say that he hasn't been out of touch because, like John said, the, the, the biggest puzzle for me, and I was asked this on, Sky Sports News as well, I think, a few weeks ago. It's like, you know, what what surprised you? What surprised me was he didn't put his own people in and didn't make those decisions earlier. Why let it run? You know, let it run at first and see what's this like. Let's re- let's keep looking at it. Right, guys, why are we losing this much money? Let's do this, let's do that. Is he just, is he, has it been a case of having so much money that, you just go, well, it'll get right in eventually because people are telling you it will, or is there, a, is there a greater thirst for that knowledge? I'm sure you wouldn't just allow something to keep losing money without going, oh, what's well, wrong here? Well, it's interesting because you just said, I understand how we might let it run for a bit. Mm-hmm. So it went wrong from day one. Yeah, yeah. You put your own people in on day one. Yeah. Or day minus yeah, yeah. 20, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
because no, that's what I would have done. But I'm saying, was yeah. he told that this was it? Because don't forget when he came in, everything that the likes of like Brentford have been praised for and Brighton have been praised for, Everton had been doing. So when he took over, the debt was wasn't huge in the club because the club hadn't really had any money to that's build true. up that debt. That's true. This playing squad was way better than what it is now. Mm. Really, I think that's fair. You know, we had a 25 goal a season centre forward for a start, and we sold a centre back for 50 million. That's right. Six weeks after he came in, there was a, it was a healthy point to take over. It really should have only needed two windows to put that team in the Champions League. Newcastle had in it after a year after they almost going down. We had the bits in place. If they'd have spent the money correctly from day one, we'd have been. We should have. Had all of that, Everton should be in a different place than where they are now. So he might have been almost kidded if, if that's a, that's probably too too vulgar a word for what it is. But into thinking, actually, this business isn't bad, and with my money, it'll it'll take off now. But you assess it as you go, and at the end of the second year of owning it, twenty eighteen, when Sam Allardyce has had to come in and save it, the club. Well, he didn't, but he was in charge when Everton ended up being eighth. That's when you make the assessments. So you've brought in a director of football, replace one. You've brought in Marco Silva as a young coach because you said that's what you wanted. Why haven't you done anything with the rest of the football club? Because at that stage, then should have been: Are we still? Are we making money? Is our economic side, our, our business financial side, gone like this? Like the we want the playing side to do. And since then, it just seems that it, it's just got worse and worse and worse. It went wrong from day one. No, no, but I'm just, I'm trying to understand why he didn't do it because I personally I, would have I, done I, I what Newcastle I, did and gone, I, you're all out and my people are in. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I, you know, and I can understand the type of club that we are. And, and, and I don't think it's binary. I don't think it's, you know, leave everyone in place and see how it goes, which is sort of what happened. Mm. And I don't believe it's necessarily get rid of everyone and replace them all, which is sort of what Newcastle mm. did. I mean, a lot of Sports Direct people were in and around Newcastle, so they naturally would go anyway. Mm. But there was nothing in my mind that explains why he didn't strengthen the board. Yeah, oh God, yeah. That was the first thing. It's not thing. about yeah. burning people. It's about mm. giving it some more bandwidth. It needed more bandwidth. Do you, yeah. Do you think it might have been some kind of complacency on his part with having his, uh, his former financial colleague, his former business partner, Usmanov? He may have been a bit of uh, all his financing was uh, available and uh, there might have been a bit of complacency there. I think Farhad, uh, whilst he was um, getting his dividends out of USM, didn't need any help in financial mm. terms. Uh, he might have sought mm. guidance from his, as you say, his business partner, his, his mentor, call it what you will. But, you know, he was picking up hundreds of millions of dollars per annum uh, of, of dividends out of shareholding. Mm. Um, complacency is a funny word, and, and in a sense of it's really hard to think what was going on inside someone else's head oh, unless shit. they tell you. Yeah. Um, I think he was perhaps seduced by what he saw, and he in his early days he saw some really good 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 situations and stuff mm -hmm. uh, and then he to a degree did and he's, he's not unique is he of rich guys coming along with premier league football clubs mm -hmm. they, they're very successful at what they do somewhere else and then they play fantasy football yeah and of course the thing with fantasy football is you can always hit all control delete and start again but you can't do that in the real world <laughs> no um so so again and i keep saying the same sort of thing 
the the football club, and if we talk about the football club in the moment, would have been people like Bill and Denise, say, as the two senior people who were already there. They could have said, we need deeper and more relevant experience in these areas. And so when he proposed Sasha Rizantsev, you say, well, what does he bring? Yeah. When he when he when he brought in, you know, Keith Harris, what does he bring? Mm-hmm. You know. And then once both those guys are on, and and people like Bill and Denise, so you're not so tough. You can you'll hear Rocky, can't you? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, then that may be then made the incumbents not complacent, but hey, this isn't going to be the shock horror story that we thought. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you are literally going late one day at a time and by the time any light went on it's too late by the way i'm not completely convinced that the light's gone on yet i think it's a bit like the footballing analogy of deitch plays patterson because he has no choice mm. bill is bringing bill uh, farhad is bringing in people from outside because he has no choice yeah he needs the money and they've said part of the price is we want to be on the board to protect mm. our yeah it's not investments. his idea is it yeah it's not necessarily his idea um and Certainly some of the things that are happening with MSP clearly would not have happened if, as was planned and was in progress, Usmanov had come onto the board as, say, a 25% shareholder or something. Mm. And the stadium would have been funded. It had all been done internally. The world would have been a better place. But if they were interfering on the sporting side, we'd have still been in a mess football-wise, wouldn't we? Well, we have been because of Kia's Europa. Yeah. We had El Ghazi last January. No yeah, one no should, no should forget that. 11 minutes. I mean, yeah. all right, he's gone to Ajax and done well in Holland, but that was still happening. Extraordinary. Still happening. It was still happening in the summer. It, it didn't happen, but he was still trying to suggest players yeah, last absolutely. summer. And, and okay, we it, it got... Anyway. It got moved around. But you're right, my friend. Good one. Okay. Right, cheers, well, Brian. So now, Cheers, yeah, bro. thanks Take a lot. Care, Cheers, mate. Uh, oh, Steve, to Steve answers. Do you remember Snods being moved from centre mid to right back and making the position his own? Yes. Do you think it's worth giving Tom Davies another contract and using him as emergency right back if Coleman and Patterson get injured? No, I think for Tom Davies' sake, he needs to move on. Tom started as a right back, mm. and there's a reason why he, he went the he pathway, not as a right back. Words like pace spring to mind. Yeah, no, I, I think Dwight McNeil would be, yeah. be a better fullback. Yeah, I think I think right he back. just needs to move on to get his career going. He does. Going. He does. Right, we're taking our last caller now. It's Rich. Hello, Rich. Hello, fellas. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Can. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, well, listen. Just before I, uh, you know, say what I want to say, uh, just wanted to say thank you to Toffee TV, um, you know, for this season. Um, you know. I've thought a few times I can just go to work and go and do other stuff and, you know, ignore Everton Football Club. But, uh, you know, for you, it is your work. So um, you can't just go away and forget about it. So I just wanted to say thanks for getting us through the season, Um, certainly getting me through the season. Um, Thank you very uh, much. Hopefully we can uh, we can start to look forward a little bit more positively, maybe. Um, Fingers crossed. I, I just say the likes of Abdullah Decore got us through the season. We we were just commenting on it, but thank you very much, Rich, for those kind words. <laughs> Go on, okay. mate. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Brian's probably covered quite a lot of what, what I was um, wanting to say anyway. But um, I don't know what you think about this, but the, the big problem for me, wherever it is, is leadership in our club. They're just, you know, I I can't work out where the leadership in the club really is um, at all. And I can't work out whether the owner 
is incompetent or the board is incompetent or they just don't talk to each other or or anything like that. And what I want is some kind of signal that I just we're not getting yet. You know, I haven't seen anything that really gives me any kind of confidence or assurance or, um, you know, I'll feel a lot happier if we get just some sort of signal that something is changing uh, in the way the club is run. Uh, I mean, clearly we need to get the finance sorted. Clearly we need to, we need to take several steps to get to where we want to go, but we just need a signal of some sort. Now, I think something that just says to, to us uh, and to the outside world, actually things are changing. They are moving on. We are uh, starting to leave behind the chaos that we've had for the last seven years, you know, um, because something clearly does have to change. Uh, I mean, if I'd have been talking to you last week, I was still pretty angry with Bill Kenwright last week. I've calmed down with Bill Kenwright this week. But what I will say is I think one of the things we need to move on from is what I call the Kenwright narrative. You know, for me, Kenwright, um, if I accuse him of anything, it's really kind of running down Everton, the, the, the image of Everton Football Club, you know, as he turned us into plucky little Everton who were punching above our weight. And, you know, we didn't really kind of deserve to be in the Premier League, but by a miracle, we stayed there and we did okay. Um, And to me, we need something that's going to move us on from that and something that's going to give us some kind of assurance that there is um, a way forward, a way forward that will take us to to a better place. And, And I'm just not getting that at the moment. And I don't know what you think about that, really, at the moment. Um, well, in terms of a signal, yes, would love to, would love something from the football club. I guess the caveat to that is they might say, well, the people who you would like to give you the, the signal might be like, well, we haven't been told what's happening. So right now there's nothing to report other than what you've, mm-hmm. what you've got. Uh, I think the foot, I think for, for the fans, I, I don't speak for the fans. I'm speaking for me, but I think a lot of us and, and reading things and speaking to people and doing this is that most of us, if not all, but most probably want to see new direction, probably want to see new people come in who are business people and, and, can give us that bit of hope that we're learning lessons and moving forward. And I guess, John, that would be bit of that would be your chief engagement officer that you keep talking, you know, you've talked about for years. Is that someone who could speak to the fans and go, look, this is what the plan is. Even if they don't, they don't have to tell you what's in the bank account, what you can, what you can't do, but just something to go. These people are in, this is where we're going. Can we all try to get, on board, maybe I don't know. I mean, what's no, emphatically so. And, and I talk about perception is easier to change than yeah. reality and yeah. stuff. And and it, if there was an early decision to be made by whoever the leadership is, and clearly we've talked earlier on about leadership needs to be decisive and so on. Mm. So, so one of the things that has to happen is that whatever happens, and we say there's a new, there will be a new board because. Minimally, not all the people on it now will still be on it. No. And even if all four of them stayed and you added two more, it's a new board, right? right? So so one of the things that needs to be done is immediately try and um, close 
if not eliminate, the gap between the football club and the fans. Mm. Farhad Mashiri said months ago, I will do anything to get the fans on side. Yeah. And sorry, Farhad, but if you're watching or if, if there's some of the guys within mm. the football club watching, please tell him. But he hasn't done anything. Mm. He said he will do anything yeah. to get the fans on side. Yeah. And he, as the owner, if you like, because he could instruct people, of course hasn't does, yeah. done anything. Now, the problem it's with... He's gone quiet, if anything. The problem with serious change, and particularly if, if it's event-driven, which is where we're at now, mm. is you think you can tell the fans tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. Yeah. Right? Um, so that's where the chief engagement officer, I call it, which is fundamentally the person who manages engagement with all key stakeholders. And that's not just push communications. That's prepared to engage, to be asked questions about what you have said and justify and prove. Not to promise things that can't be delivered, yeah. but fundamentally within the context of what you do say, it's true. Yeah. And then people trust well, unless I've heard it from Fred, it's not true. Mm. And you dampen down a lot of the noise almost immediately. So the person needs to be credible, they need to not have baggage, and it needs to be somebody that the football, uh, the, the fans of the football club will trust in automatically from day one. Yeah. That means it can't be anyone who's currently at the club. Yeah, I mean, right, that, that, John, is exactly the kind of signal. If we're talking of signals, just to... Yeah. Just to kind of take that step would be uh, a positive statement of intent that things are changing. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think, you know, I mean, you you will know this. Uh, I'm sure you both know this, um, you know, and, and I've learned this over the years that actually, you know, the the the, the way you, you signal your intent is almost as important, maybe as important as Spot. actually... Um, you know, making certainly more important than making some kind of grandiose gestures mm. because gestures in the end get you know, we, we've had gestures for the last seven years and look where it's got us. You know, mm. we need mm. something that's actually going to tell us that that things are changing and um, and that we can start to trust the club again because I mean, that is um, you know, almost the first thing that needs to happen. There needs to be you know, trust between the, the club and the fans. Uh, absolutely, and, and and my dream. I have a dream. I can't sing though, unfortunately. So <laughs> I won't sing it to you. But but my dream would be on the day they announce, you know, that this investment or whatever. The thing that's going to make us feel good. It's finally been done. Security around the stadium build continuing on plan, which is ahead of plan at the moment. So it stays ahead of plan. Yeah. Uh, a half expectation that we will be in for <laughs> August 2024. That sort of thing. The same day that MS, if it is MSP, mm. that that MSP thing is announced, and they say, and our new whatever they call the role, but I'll call it mine, chief engagement officer is this guy, and he's yeah. going to be speaking to the fans tomorrow. Mm. Or even this afternoon, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, it, it's someone we're prepared to listen to and trust. And then the football club needs to trust that guy to engage with the fan base and other stakeholders. But I'm, we're only interested at the moment mm. in the fans, aren't we? Because that's what we are. Um, that he knows the truth, and he makes the best of it that he can, and we trust him or her. I think it's right. likely to be a he, to be yeah. honest. But yeah, the person is someone we can trust. And then that person needs to maintain that trust for how long ever longer with the football club. And, mm. and to do that, that person needs to trust the football club himself. And that means he needs to know the truth. Yeah. Easy. It's easy to write down. Walking the talks, the hard part. Yeah, It is. It is, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. there you go. Definitely. 
Great there question, by the way. Yeah. Well, Rich, top man. Cheers, fellas. All Thank right. you. Thanks Hope very much. Soon. Take Cheers, care. Ta-ra, pal. Ta-ra. There you go. Make sure you check out um, the More Than A Game. It is a sub-stack. We've got Patrick Ridge has uh, done that. He's on the news that Lionel Messi will join Inter Miami uh, in the MLS. Big, big, big news for Major League Soccer today. But it's free at the moment, the Substack. If you want to read some content, football content, go over there and give it a read. It's in, uh, look at our Twitter, it's there. Uh, and the other thing is our first season review is out now. It's available on uh, YouTube. It's there for you to go to the defence. We've done a review of the defender. So if you're looking for something to watch, give that a little watch as well. Make sure you give this a thumbs up on your way out and subscribe if you haven't. Thanks for watching. Big thanks to John and uh, we'll see you soon. Take it easy. Bye.